Before we begin, I'd like to let you know that suicide will be discussed in this podcast. Part 1, A Call for Wellness The year before I started medical school, I was walking on Main Street in Ann Arbor with one of my close friends on our way to grab dinner. He was months into starting medical school and he was telling me just how all-consuming school had been. He was explaining the mental toll of spending every waking moment focused on passing classes. I thought I wouldn't be like that. I'd find a routine and a place of contentment as I embarked on my studies. I wouldn't put pressure on myself. However, I can now say he was very, very right. Throughout my medical school tenure, there have been times where I was emotionally drained as I had spent hundreds if not thousands of hours trying to use every corner of my brain to memorize and apply an enormous volume of information, both in the classroom and in the hospital. I know I'm not alone in this. I have talked to my friends, both at CMU College of Medicine and elsewhere, who have described similar feelings. Medical school, plain and simple, can wear you down. This can take the form of burnout, depression, substance abuse, suicide, or more. In a 2018 article in the New England Journal of Medicine, doctors from the University of Pittsburgh cited papers that say, quote, medical students have higher rates of depression, suicidal ideation, and burnout than the general population and greater concerns about the stigma of mental illness. However, according to a 2010 article in JAMA, Medical students are less likely than the general population to receive appropriate treatment despite seemingly better access to care. According to a 2015 article in Academic Medicine, this is due to embarrassment, confidentiality concerns, and fear of stigmatization. Is it only the curriculum that is causing these high rates of mental illness? Is it the competitive environment? Does it have to do with the predisposition of people who enter the medical field and place an enormous emotional burden on themselves, with the rates of depression and suicide as high as they are, one thing is clear. This is a crisis that every medical school needs to prioritize and address. I believe the era of ignoring mental health problems is reaching its end. Popular culture, through its portrayal in film, television, and writing, has started to slowly erode the stigma of anxiety and depression. That is the good news. More medical students are talking about the problem like a University of Michigan medical school student wrote about her depression in JAMA in February 2018. She wrote, quote, I admit openly that I am just as vulnerable to the elements of life as are my future patients, hoping that others will do the same. I do so in hopes that the culture of the medical profession will evolve to value imperfection as a harbinger of humanity, and that this value will be exemplified by the way we judge our students and residents. Medical schools are at an inflection point. Doing nothing or the bare minimum for mental health and wellness can no longer be an option. If you choose to look and ask, the stories and data of the situation are not ambiguous. It is morally imperative for schools and hospitals to take care of its future physicians and emphasize wellness. This is for the sake of making the profession safe and ensuring our current and future patients get the best care possible. It is time the healers heal themselves. I'd like to end this section of the podcast with a reading from Long Walk Out of the Woods by Adam B. Hill. Every year in this country, the United States, approximately 400 physicians take their own lives, a rate two times higher than the national average. That means entire classes worth of medical school students vanish due to suicide in what has become a hidden mental health crisis. Broken systems, neglect, fear, and judgment are partially to blame. 
Current studies report that more than 50% of medical professionals show signs of distress, with rising levels of compassion fatigue, apathy, and untreated mental health conditions. Yet the medical community's system and culture encourage secrecy when seeking mental health treatment. The ostracization of professionals living with these conditions reflects a culture that still stigmatizes the estimated 20% of Americans who live with mental health conditions. The truth is, a striking majority of medical professionals don't seek help because of the fearful culture we created ourselves. In perpetuating this problem, we set a tragic and horrifying example for the people under our care. It's time we do better. My name is Derek Wolf, and I'm a third-year medical student at the CMU College of Medicine, here to talk to you more today about wellness. For part two of the podcast, I'd like to share with you a conversation I recently had with Dr. Millie Willie. We had a wide-ranging conversation on what wellness is and what we can do to improve our wellness. I hope you enjoy. So, Dr. Willie, thank you for joining. Um, before we start, I'd just like to have you introduce yourself for the listeners. Hello, everyone. I'm Millie Willie. Um, I'm an emergency physician. I'm currently functioning as the Associate Dean of Student Affairs. Great. So I'm really glad that we're able to have this conversation on wellness. Um, so the first question I asked you, I sent to you was, what does physician and medical student wellness mean to you? Well, so I think I think it can mean different things, um, you know, and it can mean many things. Um, and I think it, it is different things for each one of us. But when I think about medical students in general, I think of wellness as having some type of balance and being happy just in general, right? Um, but what does that look like in medical school? I think, I think it's challenging. It's difficult uh, because we um, can't always maintain our previous wellness strategies very well um, during medical school because we're trying to balance our study time with everything else in our life. Exactly. And it becomes our, you know, medical school becomes our primary focus. And um, it feels like there's never enough time to learn the volume of material that you need to learn and never enough time to invest in your relationships with either your long-term friends, your partners, your family, um, as well as your new group of peers. And at times you just don't feel like you're getting exposure to patients or really doing what you came to medical school to do. So you feel like your life's on pause a little bit. Uh, so given that scenario, um, I do think there are many factors that improve your wellness while you're in medical school. Um, I think it can be intellectually challenging. I think you're surrounded by intelligent, gifted, passionate people, and you feel like you're finally progressing on a path that's towards something that's important and fulfilling in your life and your career. And these are important parts of wellness as they encompass many things we value uh, and when our values align with the things that we're doing in life, it improves our overall wellness. Um, and I think you asked, you know, what, is it, what does it mean? I mean, I think it encompasses many things. Like a friend um, told me and kind of defines it this way, that wellness is a conscious, self-directed and evolving process uh, that involves becoming aware of and making choices toward a healthy and fulfilling life. And it's conscious health, basically, for your mind and your body. And so there's different pillars of wellness, like some people divide it as body, mind, and soul. And when you think about body, it includes nutrition, oral health, physical health. When you think about mind, it includes emotional health, intellectual, stress management, sleep, 
And when you think about your soul, it includes spirituality, um, your social networks, and your community. And other ways that people look at wellness, they sometimes will look at the wellness wheel, um, and they can vary a little bit. Um, but other things, you know, to, that the wellness wheel includes is basically um, financial security as well. So wellness wheels oftentimes have financial, emotional, spiritual, intellectual, physical, environmental, occupational, and social. Um, so how do you start? Um, a good way to start is to ask yourself some of these questions. What interests me? What would I like to do more of? What brings me joy? What are my hopes and dreams? What or who do I care about the most? And what or who makes me want to take action? And I think it's important to set one or two personal wellness goals each year okay. and to think about what things will help accomplish those goals um, and listing reasonable steps or a plan toward making that goal something you can accomplish. I think it also takes forgiveness and patience instead of discouragement when we have times that we struggle in achieving that goal. And it also helps to have an accountability partner. Mm. No, it's, that's all really great. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Do you want me to talk a little bit about how that might change for physicians? Sure, yeah. So I think so I think for physicians it means having balance, resiliency, and grit. Um, I think it means that they have career satisfaction and longevity in their career, and finally time for family and social life, mm -hmm. as well as financial security. I think it's easy to have occupational happiness as a physician because it's really incredibly interesting. And it's intellectually challenging and rewarding. And you're in a, an environment that you're surrounded by others with the same goals and interests. And I think most physicians score pretty high in wellness categories on feeling um, as though they have autonomy. And uh, where they tend to score low is that they find it's difficult for them to fit in time for their physical well-being or enough time for rest, particularly if they do shift work or call and oftentimes they may feel conflicted when the demands from work interfere with family events. Um, and on the flip side, though, their children often have great role models uh, who can provide for them financially, who can give them opportunities to succeed in life, and who can assist them with making healthy choices of their own. Uh, some people don't have all these options, you know, in the general community. Um, physicians as a group, though, I think they tend to struggle when they have a lack of control over a situation, um, especially a patient outcome, when they have a lack of ability to give input, uh, when they can't say no, I think that causes them to struggle, uh, and when they realize they're not perfect and they can't forgive themselves. Um, and I also think when they focus only on medicine and they forget that other things in their life are important as well, including relationships and hobbies, and continuing to develop new interests. Um, medicine can sometimes be all-encompassing if you let it. Um, and I also think physicians really crave and need networking opportunities. Um, they a lot of times achieve this through like national and regional meetings or medical mm -hmm. society meetings. Great. So what are we doing um, at the College of Medicine to promote wellness for our students? So one of the ways is we have a wellness curriculum. Uh, for all four classes. Um, the M1s and the M2s have scheduled wellness topics as part of their CARES Weeks, um, which includes things like practicing positive psychology and optimism, uh, where we talk about how you can train your brain to be positive and practice gratitude. 
Uh, we had workshops this year reviewing the wellness wheel and thinking about how to find balance in your life. Uh, we played a word scramble to learn about sleep and its benefits. Uh, and the students went to the MSU Extension this year to learn about healthy cooking on a budget. Uh, as well, they learned how to incorporate exercise as medicine, even into seeing patients. Um, there's an upcoming session for the M1s um, called Facing Fear. Um, we also hosted some wellness TED Talks this year, which included faculty and staff, uh, as well as students as presenters, and they discussed how they incorporate wellness into their daily life. We had some wellness activities planned throughout the year um, to practice wellness, uh, things like painting and yoga, boot camp, physical training, and cookouts. Uh, we have sessions on safe training where students learn about suicide and how to talk to someone who struggles with depression. Uh, for the clinical years, it's a little more challenging, uh, but we incorporated some short sessions focusing on wellness into the residency fair last year. Uh, these were very popular. Um, in addition, the leadership, including myself, visit the distributed campuses, and we talk about wellness during our visits. Some of the topics include relationships during holiday season and suicide. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, we developed sessions called Coping with COVID to provide an opportunity for people to talk about their feelings and struggles uh, during the stay-at-home order and their concerns about returning to clinical care and caring for patients. And this was a platform to support each other and have a safe place to talk about these things. Uh, we had some, three of the psychiatrists were involved um, during these sessions uh, at varying times to kind of guide the conversation. And also students come up with their own ideas uh, which, of course, oftentimes can be supported by administration. Um, some examples are we had a wellness week this year, which, gen which actually came from a student initiative originally. Uh, we have some student wellness advisors in the M3 class that are working on assisting upcoming uh, class members with the transition to the clinical environment and improving their peer support um, once they arrive. And we also assigned, um, in, in the first year, the students are assigned bigs, uh, but we also assigned... Um, new new bigs or additional bigs in their uh, third year, um, which are really specific to the campus site uh, to help them make that transition. Great. I mean, those all sound like really great programs um, and hopefully students are benefiting from them. Um, you kind of touched on it um, and you answered the first question, but what do you think the medical community at large needs to do to promote wellness for itself? Do you have anything else to add to that question? Yes, I mean, I think ultimately um, some of this we have to do it as individuals, but I also think we need to role model wellness to each other where we can. We need better peer support, particularly across specialties. I think the medical school helps provide this actually. And um, I, I think we have a lot of clinical faculty though that we can still um, sort of bring into this. Some physicians I think feel isolated if they're in practice by themselves and we need to connect them. Uh, to others. And I think the medical society, um, the Saginaw County Medical Society does some of this. Um, I also think we need to be able to advocate for ourselves and each other and patients in order to have some feeling that we can improve our environment uh, and for that of our patients as well. I think wellness needs to be looked at by the hospitals on a systems level. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? Um, I think that we need to have help in restoring the joy in medicine. We need to get back to the patient and limit our time documenting on a computer or doing paperwork or extra requirements that are imposed on physicians that may not be practical or really important for that matter. Uh, sometimes there's simple things that can improve the quality of life for a physician. For me, 
it was getting a scribe. It had a significant effect on improving my mental fatigue and allowing me to a little more time to talk with the patient, which is what I enjoy. I think having happy physicians and nursing staff who work as a team is extremely important. Uh, I have worked in environments where this is evident and as well as those where this wasn't provided and it makes an incredible difference. And I think if you have happy workers, you will have happy patients. Um, and we need to get back to the basics and we need some hospital administrators to help create these environments where people want to work. We need like magnet hospitals for physicians. Great. I mean, uh, I'm really glad the scribe is working well for you. Um, cause like you said, happy doctors make for happy patients. Um, what, if anything, do you think might be missing from the conversation surrounding wellness? Well, I think, I think we're seeing in the world that physician suicide is a huge mm. problem. Uh, it's very concerning. Uh, it, needs to, it just needs to stop. And I'm, I'm deeply disturbed by the fact that we take well-balanced people, incredibly intelligent, gifted people, and they become unwell as physicians. And I really think we need to ask the hard questions about why this is happening and make a commitment to change, and we can't do it by ourselves. Uh, we need to quit making the physicians out to be the bad guys. We're not. We've dedicated our lives to helping people, and we should be protected and not punished. We also make difficult decisions, and we need to be supported when we do when we do that. Some hospital systems have developed crisis management teams, and I think this is a great step toward improving physician nursing and PA wellness. Um, we also need to be you know, supporting each other as professionals and eliminating any lateral violence that sometimes occurs across specialties. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure physicians have the necessary equipment they need to do when they do their job. A perfect example is PPE during this pandemic. And the next step is we need to protect their time so we can have it with our families and for our personal health. And money cannot be the driving force in medicine. It should be patient care and physician and nursing care. Definitely. Um, so you kind of touched on this as well, talking about the wellness wheel, but I'm wondering what resources are there to learn about your own personal wellness and kind of where you're standing and how you can improve. So I think there's many, um, there's a well-being index, which, which used to be owned by the Mayo Clinic where you can do some self assessments, um, and you can get feedback and every once in a while it'll have you reassess and it gives you some resources, um, to kind of help deal with different areas where you may be having stress in your life. Um, there was a collaborative initiative addressing physician wellness that started after the New England Journal of Medicine article in January of 2018. It's called To Care as Human. And one of the initiatives that came from that collaboration was to have an area that housed resources for, for physicians um, to help their wellness. And this is housed in the National Academy of Medicine. So you can go to their website and see all these. The AMA has resources. Most specialty organizations now have resources that are more specialty specific if needed. Um, the state and local medical societies have them. There's many more websites obviously out there. Um, hospitals and doctor's offices are now offering like meditation and yoga, nutrition and weight loss sessions. Um, there's lifestyle medicine coaches that people sometimes will hire. There's also online social platforms um, for physicians and many online meditation apps and exercise apps that are, that people are pretty good about learning about on their own and lots of podcasts. Um, and I think sometimes there's now so many resources, it's almost hard to know where to start. Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, 
for students, we have a wellness area on our student affairs website. There's a list of mental health resources there. We have a counseling center on campus that offers some walk-in wellness sessions. And there's a therapy assistance online on the website that where you can, you know, do some things on your own. Um, for the third and fourth years, we contract with a company called Encompass, and they offer therapy. They also have a lot of wellness resources on their website uh, that students can access. Um, and we often include new wellness resources on our C-Mail Blast. Uh, the medical students create wellness sessions of their own and events through the student interest groups, like recently the uh, virtual concert put on through the therapy um, is it therapy through music student interest group, Derek? Is that what it's called? Yes, and that was awesome. Yes. I had a I had a performance there. <laughs> right, that was awesome. And the, you know, those cultural musical events are really great stimulants for our for the environmental portion of our wellness, of course. Um, so I think there's lots of resources. It's just accessing them and starting somewhere. Yeah, and I, um, you know, I I recently read. Uh, a book called Long Walk Out of the Woods by a physician, Adam Hill. And it's kind of going back to what you were talking earlier about physician suicide. You know, we lose about 400 physicians a year to to suicide. And um, that's like an entire class of medical school, or, or in CMED's case, it would be losing the entire medical school every year. And that's a shame. And so I think it's important that we really prioritize wellness. Um, so I, I I just want to end by by asking you know you is how do you maintain your wellness and if there's anything we can learn from what you do. So I think it's a constant struggle, um, like most physicians. Um, there's usually areas. There's a few areas that that I'm strong in and a few that I'm not. And um, I try to remember what's most important to me. I try to remember what my goals are and what I want my legacy to be. I also try to incorporate fun along the way. Sometimes you have to schedule fun, mm-hmm. uh, like golf or virtual meeting with friends, um, especially during the pandemic. Um, I think you have to take breaks. You have to take time for a walk and enjoy your environment. Um, I think planning and protecting your time definitely helps um, because it allows you to carve out time for yourself without feeling guilty. You have to put it on your calendar. Um, I try to incorporate fun in my job when I'm able to and enjoy, you know, working with my colleagues and my patients and enjoy getting to know them. Uh, I try to recognize when something does not bring me joy uh, and that it's time to get out or break that cycle. I incorporate service in my life as well. And I have good friends, colleagues and mentors, all that I check in with from time to time. And it really helps center me. Uh, Check ins with my husband and that does the same. And I try not to worry about what I can't control, but it's really hard, especially as an emergency doc. Um, I just try to enjoy parts of each day and not to miss out on the good stuff. Great, Dr. Lou. I really appreciate your answers. Um, I thought this was a really good, you know, beginning conversation about wellness. There's a, we could probably talk for an hour about it and, and in other ways we can address it at the medical school, at the physician level um, and beyond at the administrative level. So um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I just appreciate your interest in the topic, Derek. I think it takes young people like you to um, invest in change and to make it happen. And I, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, that you all are the agents of change that is needed. Definitely, we're we're trying. My classmates and I are trying. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Derek. Take care. <laughs> So there you have it, a conversation with Dr. Willie, which uh, covered a lot in a short amount of time. 
uh, for part three, um, we're going to hear from you. A couple of weeks ago, I sent out a Google form as well as a, a voicemail uh, for people to call in or fill out talking about wellness. And um, we got some great responses, some great voicemails, and I'm really excited to share them with you uh, right now. So to kick off part three, I'd like to start with a voicemail from a recent medical school grad. My name is David Weinfeld. I am a recent medical school graduate, uh, starting my intern year in just a couple of weeks here. Um, To answer Derek's questions about why physician medical student wellness means to us and uh, how we practice that, to me, I think that any person, uh, no matter what their field is, uh, needs to be happy and content and able to focus on things outside of their work. Um, and that goes to athletes, performers, lawyers, anyone. Um, they need to be able to get a respite from what they're doing in their day-to-day life um, work-wise um, and can throw that energy into something else so that you can switch gears and get a mental break. And I think that medical student uh, life doesn't necessarily always um, fit into that mold. I think oftentimes medical students need to study around the clock, or at least there's the perception that everyone else is studying around the clock so that you should as well. Um, I think the one thing the medical community can do to promote wellness is to stop mandating wellness. Um, I think a lot of physicians and administrators see that burnout and wellness is, you know, burnout's high and wellness is low, and the immediate response is to want to jump uh, immediately to solving that and to build that into curriculum. But I think that adding another thing to the list of tasks that need to be completed doesn't necessarily carry us to that next step. I think that wellness is really blocking out a period of time for medical students or medical residents where you mandate nothing can be done. Um, and, you know, that that freedom is the wellness. I think that right now, mandating reflections and other things that may even be evidence-based, I don't know. Uh, to me, they always contributed to more stress. I'm really glad David called in there uh, because he offers a different perspective than Dr. Willie on, on wellness and whether medical schools, hospitals should be mandating wellness at all or at least how they should be mandating wellness. I'd like to play for you next a voicemail from another caller. When I ask about student wellness, it's easy and hard to think about what it means to me. And I think I've come to the conclusion that it's different for everyone, but I truly believe that it's one of the most important aspects of our health, and it often goes unnoticed. When we started medical school, it was easy to disregard my mental health, but as time went on, I recognized the importance of it. And I also recognized how many people disregard it as well. When I started doing things for myself outside of school, I was happier and just felt better in general. It's easy to feel overwhelmed, whether it's from school or a pandemic that no one could have predicted. I found that sometimes the best form of wellness for me is to just spend time with my family and friends, work out, do yoga, or just simply give myself me time and do whatever I feel like it. If it's painting my nails or going on a bike ride, whatever it is that I need to do that day, and just give myself that time away from studying, away from school, and away from the idea of all these things that are going on that are stressing everyone out right now. 
As a future physician, my goal is to continue focusing on wellness and promoting it in my practice because I truly do believe that if we can promote the idea of wellness or mental health or um, just a better well-being, I think it'll promote just overall happier and healthier patients and their lifestyles will improve. And I think that's the center of one of the important aspects of health. I really appreciated how this caller talked about modeling wellness for our patients because it'll lead to healthier patients. You know, a lot of us or most of us, hopefully all of us, went into medicine because we want to help people. And if you know we're able to model wellness, which is so essential to health, and that leads to healthier patients, then that should be a win-win situation for all of us. I'd like to share with you one last call before we get to the written responses. My name is Jonathan, and I'm a third-year medical student and aspiring psychiatrist. To me, wellness means doing the things we need to do in order to take care of ourselves to be better healthcare practitioners. The old saying we were told goes, you are your first patient. If you aren't taking good care of yourself, then it will be much harder to be compassionate and caring toward your patients. Whether that means getting a full night's sleep, spending an extra 30 minutes playing basketball instead of studying, or making healthier choices for meals, these actions can add up and ultimately contribute to prevent burnout and make us more patient and caring providers. You know, I couldn't agree more here with Jonathan. Um, he kind of goes off of what the last caller was saying about needing to take care of ourselves to make us better practitioners. I'd like to thank these callers for calling in. I think they provided some really meaningful contributions to the conversation on wellness. I'd like to turn now to some of the submissions from the Google form that I mentioned, uh, talking about wellness and burnout. The first couple here are about what wellness means to you. And the first was submitted by Sean Kahlo. So he wrote, To me, medical student wellness is work-life balance. I believe that keeping this balance is really facilitated by having a sense of awareness and content with physical, mental, and spiritual health. For me, this means taking time for activities that maintain the body, like exercise, and also things that nourish the soul, like spending time with family and friends or playing music. Trying to maintain a positive attitude and not losing sight of the big picture helps too. It's not always easy, but reminding myself that at the end of the day, I'm human, goes a long way. That's beautiful, Sean. Thank you again for submitting. The next comes from Brianna Lounger. To me, medical student wellness is taking time away from studying, rotations, applications, etc., and focusing on something that you enjoy to take your mind off these stresses. Absolutely. The last submission for this question comes from Danielle. I think wellness means taking time for yourself when you start to feel anxious or things start to feel out of your control. We've been taught since day one that we are our own first patients, and remembering that is crucial. Going for a run, talking with a friend, cooking, whatever makes you you is important to stay healthy and be the best physician slash med student you can be. Absolutely. And I think the common thread here in all these submissions is that they all focus on elements of life outside of medicine. So I think it's important to consider the idea that in order to be our best within medicine, as Danielle mentioned and and the others mentioned, we sometimes need to take ourselves outside of it. I now would like to share some submissions that focused on stories of wellness and mental health challenges in medical school. Here's the first. I have suffered from anxiety for a really long time, since before I started medical school, and I always felt as though seeking help or treatment for it was embarrassing or would come back to hurt me in pursuing my future endeavors. It got to the point during my dedicated step one study period, I started having panic attacks. I would wake up with my heart racing and hyperventilating. And while I knew I was experiencing anxiety, how real my symptoms were and how scary they were for me, 
I ended up going to the emergency department after a few weeks of experiencing them daily just to make sure nothing else was going on. Of course, nothing else was going on, but my body was telling me I needed to pay attention to my feelings of anxiety and address them. I still haven't made an appointment with a mental health professional, partly because I'm afraid to, and partly because I'm in a very inconvenient time of my training to establish care with a new provider when I have to move so often. I'm dealing with my anxiety more intentionally now, but it is definitely still present. And here's another. Wellness to me means being able to take care of both the body and mind, something I feel I have never been much good at and have never made as big of a priority as I should have. I have struggled with depression since college, and while I was always aware of how I was feeling, I never did much to try and change it. Throughout medical school, I tried to be better. I started meditating, I started running, I started antidepressants. I started doing all the things I thought were going to make me well, but I didn't feel any different. I still had bad days, sometimes bad weeks. I saw each step back as a failure, and each failure made me feel worse than I did before. If I was doing all these things to make myself feel better, then why wasn't it working? I felt as though I was meant to be broken. It wasn't until I read through my old journals that I realized how much progress I had made. It's hard to see progress when progress is slow and not always linear. I still had slip-ups, yes, but I was still in a better place both physically and mentally than I had been six years ago and even just six months ago. Wellness is something I am constantly working on, and while I may never master it, I'll always try to be better than I was before. You know, I I really appreciate the raw honesty of these last two submissions that I just read. Um, I, I can only hope that the people who wrote these in are getting the help they deserve. Um, and it just goes to show, um, kind of like I discussed at the beginning of the podcast, that, you know, physicians or people who want to be physicians, medical students, are human, and they're going to... You know, just as the Michigan medical student wrote, you know, that we're just as human as our patients. And that sometimes means that we need to get help for our our mental health. And so I I hope that you can sit with these uh, submissions for a little while and really think about what they're they're getting at. So where do you go from here? So I'd just like to share really quickly a submission that I think is, is a good solution or at least part of the solution. So every medical community at every level, uh, students, residents, attendings, need to have counselors available to help process their experiences, identify depression or burnout before it's too late, and ameliorate anxiety to the point where even one's efficiency at work is improved because of it. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely getting at the idea that, you know, if we want to take care of our patients, we have to take care of ourselves. And I'm just going to keep hammering home that point. And that might mean that hospital systems and medical schools need to improve, you know, access to therapy uh, for its for its workers or students. I truly appreciate everyone who submitted um, and called in, um, and I hope the listeners gained a lot from what they what they contributed. And while I couldn't use all of them, uh, you have truly furthered the conversation on wellness. And for that, I cannot thank you enough. For part four of this podcast, I'd like to answer some of the questions that you wrote in, and hopefully that will help further the conversation as well. So actually, the first question is not one that someone wrote in, but I think it's important to just answer at this point, which is, what is the formal definition of burnout? Um, And you can find that from the World Health Organization, and so I'm just going to read that real quick. So, burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions. Number one, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. 
Number two, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And three, reduced professional efficacy. So burnout refers specifically to phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. So it is not a medical condition, but it is um, definitely something that exists and is real. So first submitted question. What is the ideal amount of time a student slash physician should dedicate to wellness in a given week? So obviously that's going to be on a case-by-case basis, but I think I can answer this a little bit from an exercise perspective if we want to equate wellness and exercise. Um, If you go to the CDC's website, um, they have a lot of great information on this, Um, and they make the argument, and that comes from research, that exercise can boost your mood, sharpen your focus, reduce your stress, and improve your sleep, which are all things that contribute to to wellness, no doubt. Um, So um, they have a nice infographic and ask the question, how much activity do I need? So they recommend at least 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity aerobic activity and at least two days a week of muscle strengthening activities. And they also have a few more, uh, you know, different combinations of that uh, to work with. So basically, you know, if exercise was your only form of practicing wellness, then you probably need to be spending at least 30 minutes a day practicing wellness. Um, So I hope that answers your question. And of course, this is in an ideal world. There's obviously going to be days where you're not able to dedicate that time, and, and that's okay. But hopefully you're able to dedicate some. So the next question is, how many medical students seek medical attention for anxiety panic attacks, stress, etc. during their time in medical school? So I think that's a great question. Unfortunately, the data to this specific question is relatively limited. The only study that I could find, and please write to me, message me if you find a more recent study, is a 2002 paper out of academic medicine. Um, And the researchers conducted a one-time survey of 194 first and second year medical students in 1994 at the University of California, San Francisco. Um, And they found that 24% of medical students were depressed using the criteria that they used. And of the depressed students, only 22% were using mental health counseling services. And of course, that doesn't account for the other mental health conditions out there like anxiety. So unfortunately, the data is limited. And we need to do a lot more work to dive deeper into answering these questions because they're important. They're essential. They're essential for you know, maintaining the well-being of physicians and, and for our patients. So next question, can you talk about the official DSM-5 criteria for burnout? Is that even a thing? I read conflicting things. Some say it's not recognized. Some say it's an actual medical condition. So I, I just answered a couple minutes ago. It is found in the International Classification of Diseases, the ICD, um, coming out of the World Health Organization, but it is not found in the DSM yet. I, that could definitely change in the future, and uh, I'll be looking out for that. Next question. How much sleep does the average medical student or resident get? What is a sufficient amount for someone who studies slash works the hours we do? Some days I get five, others eight, and I still find it a struggle to get up in the morning. So I tried to do some research on this and I couldn't find anything on exactly the, you know, the average amounts that a medical student or resident gets in terms of sleep. However, um, I went to the CDC and they say that adults need seven or more hours of sleep per night for the best health and well-being. Um, so we potentially need to look at as institutions um, how we can protect time so medical students, residents, attendings can get the amount of sleep that they need to, in order to perform at their very best. Now here's the last question I'll answer. 
We always preach to our patients wellness, especially mental slash emotional, and taking care of themselves, but we don't make time for this ourselves. Residency is scary to think about because of the long hours and rate of burnout. What are some of the stats behind burnout during residency versus post-residency? So another great question. So I was looking at the Journal of Graduate Medical Education, and in a lit review from 2009, uh, they, uh, the authors wrote that 27 to 75% of residents experience burnout, depending on the specialty. Um, and then as far as physicians go, the numbers are all over the place. However, a, a review article from the Journal of Internal Medicine in 2018 wrote that uh, the physician rate of burnout exceeds 50%. So obviously very high. So that concludes the question portion of the podcast. And I'd just like to end the podcast with a few thoughts. Number one, I hope you learned something today about wellness in the medical field. Um, I tried to give you with some you know, information um, and, and perspectives that I hope will at least uh, you know, direct and guide your thinking on this issue. And number two, I hope you consider becoming an advocate for wellness. As I mentioned a couple times during this podcast, 400 physicians die by suicide each year. That's a tragedy. Our lives absolutely depend on physician wellness. It's not just something that's nice to have. It's absolutely necessary. So again, I thank you for listening, and I hope to make one of these again in the future, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.